Good Friday morning, sports fans. It is Mike Lyon coming to you live with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. Apologies for the missed episode yesterday. I knew that was coming and just didn't have the time. But today, we are back with the Friday edition. And as always, before a weekend featuring the New England Patriots, it is Patriots Preview Friday. Uh, Hopefully several more of these, although we're past the halfway point in the season now. The Patriots come off their bye with a 6-2 record and head into a place where they have had trouble before uh, to go play the Denver Broncos in, what is it called right now? I don't even know what the stadium is called right now. It was Sports Authority Field, and it might be, it was in Vesco before that. They had Mile High Stadium before they opened the new one. It's clearly not Sports Authority Field anymore because Sports Authority is bankrupt, but I don't even know what it's called. But in any event, uh, the game is Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. It will be a bleary Monday morning across New England. And uh, for any other Patriots fans staying up to watch the game, as I will be, uh, the Patriots, like I said, come into the game with a 6-2 and record. They have never played well in Denver. In fact, it is the only stadium, uh, road stadium, I believe, in football where Tom Brady has a losing record. Uh, and that's I, 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 that may be counting all stadiums in the NFL. If not, it's not counting stadiums where he's gone like 0-1 or played one or two games and and just doesn't have a ton of games there but he has played the Patriots have played 11 times in Denver since Tom Brady has been the Patriot the the starting quarterback Brady is four and seven in those games that includes uh, a couple of playoff losses there to Peyton Manning Uh, one was in 2016 Uh, the other was two years before that when Manning was just awesome and just tore apart a depleted Patriots team uh, but last year, in the, the latest iteration of this series, the first game after the Peyton Manning era, the Patriots went in and put up a pretty impressive win. They won 16-3, to uh, mainly on the strength of their defense. The offense did not have its best day, at all, but it never does when you're playing the Broncos. The defense is generally pretty good. Uh, but the Patriots' defense was tremendous all day long last year, harassed the, the Broncos... Uh, into bad plays and some turnovers. Just a tremendous defensive effort by the Patriots last year to lock down a big win. Uh, and last year's game in this series came late in the season on a very tough spot for the Patriots. They had just come off a Monday night win against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, which was a lot tighter than it should have been due to some special teams mistakes. Uh, they had just played on a short week. They went into Denver, you know, mile high air and won a game that a lot of people, including myself, thought they might not win. So uh, give the Patriots a lot of credit for last year. They're going to have to do it again this year, but the circumstances are an awful lot different. Uh, This year they come off a bye, and I know the Patriots have not been a tremendous team lately uh, off the bye in the Belichick era, which is pretty surprising when you think about it. But uh, the Broncos are also now reeling. Last year, when the Patriots played them, they were right in the thick of the playoff hunt. Uh, they were either leading that division or maybe a game behind Cleveland, or, uh, Kansas City and trying to track Kansas City down uh, at the time that that game was, was played. And This year, you're talking about a completely different Broncos team. The Broncos come into this game 3-5 and five with major, major problems, especially at quarterback. Uh, where Brock Osweiler was recently re-signed and is now the starting quarterback. He started his first game against the Philadelphia Eagles this past weekend, and it didn't go well. 
the Broncos got absolutely trounced in Philadelphia last weekend, 51 to 23. And on the one hand, like I said on Monday, you can say the Eagles are a good team. No shame in losing to the best team in the NFL, and the Eagles are certainly that. They're eight and one. No one's even close to them. But by the same token, not only did the Broncos' offense look bad, and oh by the way, that 20 that 23 point total is a complete misnomer. It's completely misleading. The only touchdown that the Broncos scored in that game came in garbage time. A lot of the Eagles' regulars were off the field. Uh, that was the only touchdown scored by the offense. The only other touchdown of the game was on a strip sack and a touchdown by the defense. So, And that came in garbage time, too, against a lot of the Eagles' second-teamers. So that 23-point output is, a com is completely misleading. That game was more like 51-9, to 51-12. It was a no just a, a total no-show by the Broncos all day long on both sides of the football, and, and it kind of represents where they are as a team right now. Yeah, the, the Broncos, who have, on paper, one of the best defenses in the league, are not playing well on defense and did not play well on defense last week. The only, uh, like I said, 3-5 and five on the season. They have now lost four games in a row they have not exactly been to marquee opponents aside from the Eagles. They lost to the Giants at home to start the four-game losing streak. They lost to the Chargers, got shut out by the Chargers, a team that the Patriots didn't play their best game against and still won. They got beat by Kansas City at home on Monday, and you would say that's, I mean, no, no shame in losing that game except for the fact that the Broncos didn't show well turn it over a ton. They had to go to a quarterback switch in that game, and then, of course, got annihilated by the Eagles last weekend. So they are reeling, absolutely reeling right now. The Patriots, at least in theory, are getting them at a perfect time. Uh, this is the mirror image of last year, quite frankly. I mean, the Broncos were not a great team and you know desperately needed a win when the Patriots played them last year, but they were certainly a lot better than they are right now. And the timing in the schedule last year was tough on the Patriots. This week, this year, they're coming off a bye. Uh, they're getting a Broncos team that has question marks up and down the lineup. It looks, at least on paper, like a very good spot for the Patriots to go into Denver and get a win on Sunday. But look at the Broncos. If you look at the Broncos roster, uh, starting on offense, the quarterback, like I said, is Brock Osweiler. You, you know what you're getting with Osweiler by now, and. Before you write him off too quickly, though, remember that in Brock Osweiler's, I think it was either his first or his second start two years ago, in relief of a then-injured Peyton Manning, on a Sunday night in Denver, and the Patriots may have been coming off a bye in that game, too. This was two years ago. Osweiler led his team to a big win against the Patriots. Uh, that was a game that the Patriots, quite frankly, gave away. The Patriots were up, I think, 10 points, maybe even 14 points in the fourth quarter in Denver. Had forced a three and out by the Denver offense uh, and had forced a punt. The Patriots fumbled that punt, and the Broncos recovered and scored a touchdown on the next play and didn't look back. I don't think the Patriots scored again in the game. If they, no, I, I take that back. They kicked a field goal, sent it to overtime and the Broncos won the game in overtime. But uh, if the Patriots field that punt cleanly, they're going to win that game easily. So the Patriots gave it away, but Osweiler, hey, look, given the opportunity, he took it, and he took the Broncos down the field and won the game for them. So before you write, write them off too quickly uh, and, and, and think about 
the lack of success that he had last year against the Patriots. I mean, he had two starts in Houston, and he didn't look good in either one of them for the playing the Patriots. Before you write Osweiler off too quickly, remember there is some positive history for him and some positive juju against the Patriots. But on the whole, you know what you're getting with Osweiler. Tall quarterback, going to see over the defenders, not particularly accurate, very prone to misreads, very prone to uh, to poor throws and to interceptions. You can definitely turn him over. Uh, the Eagles turned him over twice on Sunday and quite frankly probably should have had two more. Uh, but so you, you know, you know what you're getting out of Osweiler. He's still better right now, probably, than what Trevor Simeon gave them. He was a turnover machine this season, and Paxton Lynch is not healthy yet. So uh, the Broncos have a big, big, big problem at quarterback right now. We will see if the Patriots can take advantage of that. The one thing you got to remember is that they still have pretty good skill players, though. Skill players still pretty good. Wide receivers, not bad. Demarius Thomas is still a good wide receiver. Uh, he's not nearly as good without Peyton Manning throwing him the ball or a competent quarterback throwing him the ball, uh, but that's kind of to be expected. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Patriots fans know too well. He was a Steeler for a while, now been in Denver for a couple of years. The Patriots actually signed him to an offer sheet when he was a restricted free agent with the Steelers. He chose it. The Steelers chose to match it, then he entered unrestricted free agency. The Patriots went after him again, ended up choosing Denver. There have been some rumblings that he's a little discontent out there. And, you know, he, he said some things and tweeted some things that seem to suggest a little bit of discontent. Uh, but he's still a good wide receiver. you still got to watch out for him. In the backfield, uh, C.J. Anderson is still a capable runner. He can still make people miss. And they went out and actually made a pretty interesting signing in the offseason. They went out and got Jamal Charles was formerly one of the most productive backs in the NFL for Kansas City and unfortunately had two very serious knee injuries. I think he blew out his ACL twice. Uh, he's in there to provide depth for, for the Broncos, and he will play. He's not the same guy that he used to be, and of course that's not his fault. The injuries will do that to you. Uh, so there, there are capable skill players, tight ends, Virgil Green. Uh, a, a, again, a capable pass catcher, if not a spectacular one. There is also some depth in the wide receiving core. Benny Fowler gives you an option there. Cody Latimer gives them some options. Their wide receiving core, and like I said, their, their depth at the skill positions is not bad. They can they, they can make some plays. Uh, beyond the quarterbacking play, though, one of the big problems that seems to creep up on Denver every week is their offensive line. The, uh, the, the quarterbacks have been under heavy pressure. The running backs barely have anywhere to go. Uh, they've had a lot of trouble up front this season on the offensive line. So it is a an offense that can make some plays. It is an offense that can stretch the field with I mean a lot they have a lot of speed in their wide receiving core so they can definitely stretch the field. Uh, you would think that they could exploit some mismatches in cut in in and in, in miscommunications and coverage so the Patriots need to be up on that. Of course they've had plenty of those throughout the early, early part of the season. But it, it does appear to be a game where the Patriots, if they can get, you know, if they can get some 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 depth in the in the line, if Trey Flowers can can get off, he can have some sacks. Uh, Dietrich Wise, same thing. Adam Butler, same thing. These guys could have big games. Uh, and you would think that a healthy Patriots secondary would be able to do well against this offense. Of course, the secondary has not been a great part of the team. 
By the way, Stefan Gilmore is expected back for this game. He is expected to play uh, on Sunday. And we'll get to the Patriots' injuries on offense in a second because they may be without two of their key pieces. But uh, Gilmore is probably going to play on Sunday, so that'll be something to watch. Can he come back and, and fit in kind of seamlessly with the secondary, or is he going to struggle again as he did in the early part of the season? But that's the Broncos on offense. That's what you're getting on defense. Now, again, as I go through these players, you're going to think to yourself, boy, Denver's defense is still really good. On paper, that defensive depth is still really good. And it is on paper. There's there 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 really isn't any reason why the Denver defense should be anything but great this season. And coming into the game against Philadelphia, I, I understand it was one of the top-ranked units. That defense was out to lunch on Sunday. Absolutely out to lunch on Sunday. And if you look at the point totals that they've given up lately, I mean, 29 to Kansas City, 51 to the Eagles... Another 21 to the Chargers. I, you know, 21 is not a killer, but, you know, when you don't score any points on offense, it is. You know, this is not the same caliber defense. Maybe they're getting older. Maybe they're getting a step slower. Maybe they're discouraged by what the offense has been doing. I don't know. But it is not the same caliber defense that we're used to seeing in Denver. Even though there are players up and down this lineup that can still make plays. And that starts up front. Von Miller is still there. And Von Miller can still play. You know, he's he's not going anywhere. He's still, at least again, on paper, one of the top defensive linemen in the NFL. He barely registered on Sunday against Philly. And it's not as if Philly's offensive line is great. I mean, it's a solid group. It's not a fantastic group. Lane Johnson... And Lane Johnson plays the right side for the Eagles. Had a real nice game against against Von Miller. He's a good tackle, but the Eagles were starting a backup on the off, on the left side of their line. Jason Peters, the, the 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 veteran that they've had, was out. He's out for the season. And Von Miller couldn't have an impact in that game, and he didn't. It's like, wow, huh? That doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. But you know, so he's still there. He's still up front. You still got to watch him on every single play, and he will wreak havoc if you don't block him. Or if, if, if you don't get the right assignments to him. And I guess you kind of have to classify Von Miller as an as a outside linebacker because they generally play a 3-4. Uh, I mean, he's, he's on the line virtually every play, especially in the passing play. But um, They went out this offseason and signed Domata Pecco, who has been a very good defensive tackle in his career. He's the guy with the really long hair. Uh, most notably, he played in Cincinnati and played well in Cincinnati as part of a, a pretty good tandem there when the, when, the, when the Bengals' defense was pretty good for a few years. He's in there. He can still stop the run. He's not much of a threat against the pass. Derek Wolf, who came on very strong, especially the year they won the Super Bowl, is there. He has been hurt. And I confess, I have not seen a Broncos injury report this, year, this, this week, so I don't know who's going to play. Uh, on Sunday, who will not? They were relatively healthy going into the game against Philly, at least, you know, the, the, the guys that I've said. Uh, so, you know, up front, they've got some depth. They can still certainly, or they're still a certainly athletic. They can still rush the passer. They can still stop the run. Linebacking core, aside from Miller, Brandon Marshall is there. 
Brandon Marshall is a good linebacker. He, the, the linebacker Brandon Marshall, by the way, not the wide receiver. Uh, still an athletic guy, still plays the middle for that defense. Doesn't miss many games. Still a tackling machine. Uh, he actually did show up. He had you know, quite a few tackles in the game against Philly, of course, kind of all for naught. And then you look in their secondary, and you think to yourself, how could this secondary ever be bad? Like, it's, there's, the cornerbacks are great. Akib Talib, of course, the former Patriot who went to Denver in the offseason when the Patriots signed Darrell Revis a few years ago. And Chris Harris are the cornerbacks. I, you know, Chris Harris, Akib Talib are still top 20 cornerbacks in this league, you would think, or at least should be. And, and again, I, I haven't seen their yearly rankings, so don't quote me on that, but they're still excellent high-level players. Darian Stewart is a high-level safety. You know, there's depth there. Roby is a good cornerback, good nickel cornerback. Bradley Roby. You, you think to yourself, how could this secondary ever be bad? But I'm t And I'm telling you, they were not just bad on Sunday. They were atrocious, atrocious against an Eagles team that has good pass catchers, but certainly not outstanding ones. And oh, by the way, was missing their most important weapon uh, and their best pass catcher in Zach Ertz, who was the tight end. He did not play that game last Sunday. They got absolutely torched by the Eagles pass catchers on Sunday. And it's, I mean, like I said, it was it's, it's hard to believe just given how well this Broncos defense, and especially the secondary and the offense and the defensive line, have played against the Patriots in recent years. It was very surprising to watch that team play so poorly on defense. And, and again, I don't know if that's a that's that's an indictment or, or a, a a suggestion that they're frustrated, that they're just in a funk by what's going on, or if it's more the, these skills are finally starting to erode. You got guys getting old; they're not the same players that they used to be. I don't know what to say about that. I'm, I'm not that. I mean, I'm not that smart. I haven't watched the Broncos play that much. I mean, I did watch them all last weekend to get ready for this. But I'm telling you, if you watch this Broncos team play, they're just they're reeling and they're really not a good football team right now, particularly on defense. They're really not a good football team. So again, the Patriots are getting these guys at a great time in the schedule for them. They're getting them at a great time to pick up a win in the conference, get on a roll going into a difficult two-week stretch, and then a five-road five game and six-game stretch. And that's what they're facing, by the way. It's they're, they're getting the Broncos at a very good time to start this off. I mean, I'd rather be playing the Broncos now than later. At least, you know, early on in the season you would have thought that because you thought the Broncos were going to be a better team than they are. You can send the Broncos to 3-6 and six this weekend and essentially, you would think, knock them out of the playoff hunt with Kansas City being really good in that division. Uh, it's a nice spot for the Pats. I'll tell you that much. Nice spot for the Pats to, to, to go in there and potentially get a win. So one injury note on the Patriots' side before we pick the game and predict the game. The Patriots are most likely going to be without Chris Hogan and they're going to be without Marcus Cannon for this game. Uh, Cannon is still dealing with foot injuries and also post-concussion kind of stuff. I don't know if he's out of the protocol yet, but he's got some other things going on too. So uh, He did not play in the game against the Chargers. 
and it looks like they want to hold him out one more week. Hogan hurt that shoulder against the Chargers too, that, that big hit. He had the MRI. He doesn't need surgery. He can rest and, and rehab it. Uh, but he's not, it doesn't look like he's going to make the trip to Denver. So it's probably going to be without him. That leaves the Patriots at least somewhat thin in the uh, in, in the pass catching department. They, they they probably go into the game with only three healthy wide receivers in Cooks, Amendola, and Dorsett. But if you haven't heard, and you probably have not, because we didn't do a show yesterday, or you know, if if the, I guess if your only source of Patriots news is this show, then you didn't hear. But otherwise, you probably did. The Patriots brought back Martellus Bennett yesterday. He was cut by Green Bay earlier in the week. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. There was some dissatisfaction kind of uh, brewing over there. Uh, there there's some, some thoughts that he was injured and not really willing to play, just a little nicked up. There were some thoughts that he was frustrated at playing without Aaron Rodgers. It's natural, I suppose, but you know, you gotta you gotta kinda get what you what you get over there. Um but in any event, the Patriots swooped in, made a waiver claim on him, and picked him up. He's a Patriot on the cheap. They only have to pay him, I think, like a portion of the veterans minimum this season. Green Bay pays the rest of his contract. Uh, that is a welcome addition for a lot of reasons. You know the Patriots wanted to, you know, you know the Patriots wanted to attack last season with Gronk and Bennett together, and never really got that chance because uh, Gronk was hurt down the stretch. Bennett was actually never 100% himself um, and, uh, you know, earned a lot of respect from his teammates down the stretch last year for playing hurt. I mean, that's Bennett played hurt really throughout the rest of that year uh, from, from like midway through the year all the way until they won the Super Bowl. So uh, Bennett was very well liked by his teammates, very well liked by Tom Brady. Uh, the Dwayne Allen acquisition obviously has not worked out. Uh, never has, I mean, I don't think he has a catch this season, hasn't developed the trust with Brady. Uh, Bennett already has that trust from last season. You know, you would think Brady is overjoyed at this move. You would also think Gronk is overjoyed at the move because, you know, it'll lessen Gronk's workload a little bit. It'll give him some help blocking. You know, Bennett is a, he's a good pass catcher. He's an excellent blocker. So, uh, it just—it was an acquisition, kind of like the Hoyer deal uh, a couple weeks ago when they traded Garoppolo and the Niners cut Hoyer. I mean, it was basically a trade, Jimmy, Jimmy for for Brian Hoyer. And Hoyer obviously made all the sense in the world as the backup. This made all the sense in the world too. I think this is one of these deals or, or one of these situations that you just can't pass up. So uh, Bennett is back, bolsters the passing core for the Patriots significantly, and uh, they'll probably—I would think—they'd probably use him pretty quick because the playbook. You know, probably hasn't changed that much. Martellus knows what's going on over there. As far as a prediction for the game goes, like I said, 6-2 and two Patriots against the 3-5 and five Broncos. Sunday night, 6-30. The night game in Denver gives me a little bit of pause, especially for the fact that, you know, the Patriots have never played well there. Um, it is difficult enough to play in Denver during the day. It is much harder to play in Denver at night. Uh, and especially if the snow is going to fall. I have not seen a weather forecast. You can pretty much count on it being cold, though. But the Patriots are a significant favorite in this game. They're a seven and a half point favorite between seven and seven and a half. And a half no matter, you know, depending on 
on what book you're in, I suppose you could probably find a book that has it for eight. Uh, that is a significant number in the Patriots' favor. And it, it also, it, 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 it kind of seems like a teaser bet to some extent because that's a big, that's a big, big number. Denver's given up seven and a half points in their own stadium. Uh, they are playing the Patriots. Uh, so, the, the, like I said, the night game in Denver gives me a little bit of pause. Brady and company have never played well there. You know, it does give me a little bit of hesitation. But I do think that the Patriots are a much better team than the Broncos are, especially right now. The Broncos are just not playing well. Uh, I expect a, den a desperate Denver team on Sunday night. They have to be uh, because if they're not, they're, they're going to get their they're going to get their rear ends kicked in. Um, I do not think Denver will go down easy. I think they're going to give a better effort than they gave against Philly on Sunday, uh, especially in their own building against a team that they really do not like. Uh, so I think I, I'm expecting a much better effort than what they showed in Philly. But I think in the end, the Patriots are too good for them. I, I think the Patriots will attack enough on offense take advantage of a Denver defense that is down and depleted, not the same caliber defense that we're, than, than what we're seeing. I don't think you're going to see a blowout, uh, but I do think you're going to see about a 10-point win. Uh, I'll take the Patriots to cover the number. I'll take them 28-17. to 17. How about that? 28-17 uh, to, to beat the Broncos on, uh, on, on Sunday night. It'll be a Tough early, tough early Monday morning for pretty much everybody watching the game, but that's okay. That's how these things go. So enjoy the game on Sunday night. Uh, quick shout-out to the Celtics, winners now of 10 in a row after the win against the Lakers uh, on Wednesday. Uh, shout-out to the Celtics, best record in the league. They'll go for 11 tonight against the Charlotte Hornets, and then they'll go for 12 if they win tonight against the Toronto Raptors on Sunday. Shout-out to the Celtics for that. <clears throat> Thanks for giving it, keeping us and giving us something to cheer about. Uh, didn't have too much time to talk about them. Obviously, we'll get into them again next week. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. This will be the last show of the, of the week, obviously. Monday, we will dissect the Patriots game, anything else that happened over the weekend. Uh, we're going to continue doing the Red Sox offseason outlook. We'll talk more about the pitching staff probably on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, depending on how everything shakes out. we got to keep going with that. Obviously, keep you, going, keep you going on any Bruins news, Celtics news, and, and other news relevant to the area. For now, however, make it a great weekend. Enjoy your Friday. Bundle up. It's cold out there. Uh, but enjoy the weekend. Hope you're spending it with family and friends. And uh, we will see you on Monday for the, new, the uh, Monday edition of the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone.